0: back on Money Talk, and we are ready for the view uh, from Japan. And we welcome to the show Darren Tay, Japan Economist at Capital Economics. Good morning, Darren. Good
1: morning. Thanks for having
0: me. Hey, uh, Darren, uh, you're an economist, economist, so let's talk about uh, the Bank of Japan. They had their meeting on Friday. Uh, Kazuo Ueda-san is confirmed and double confirmed. Uh, mm-hmm. what's, your, what's your take on where the Bank of Japan is going? Well, um, Ueda
1: himself has been quite careful not to betray any inclination either towards hawkishness or dovishness so far. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, he was picked, um, you know, not to give away too much about uh, government intentions, but still he let something slip. Uh, so in, in the process of uh, Ueda becoming uh, the next Bank of Japan governor, uh, the government had actually first approached uh, the current deputy governor, Masayoshi Yamamiya, um, and he ended up rejecting the job, as uh, you might already know. And Now, the interesting thing is the reason he gave for rejecting that job, which is that as the person who came up with uh, the ultra-easy monetary policy and had a very big hand in implementing them over the past decade, he is not the suitable person to actually review uh, those policies because he can't be objective. So immediately that implies that um, the government actually asked uh, Amamiya to do exactly that. And so, presumably, Ueda has received similar instruction. So, we still think uh, that the Bank of Japan will make some adjustment to monetary policy. And uh, the way to do so, we think, is that they will abandon new curve control uh, in April. We had been expecting them to do so uh, last Friday, but they didn't. Um, but anyway, I think now uh, we're still looking at them dropping YCC uh, come the next meeting in
0: April. And Explain to uh, Money Talk listeners why that is important. I know you guys have been, uh, kind of, were early on the call that the Bank of Japan was going to give up on it. Now you're saying uh, you figure April's going to be the time, but wh- why is that important? How does that change the landscape?
1: Well, if YCC were to be dropped, uh, we would see a jump in Japanese 10-year yield. It's currently around 0.4%. Uh, it can go up to 0.5% under the U-curve control framework. Anything above that, the bank will work uh, to make sure that it doesn't increase further. So if you look at the U-curve for Japan, there's now a huge kink downward at the 10-year maturity. You have higher yields at shorter, slightly shorter uh, maturity bonds, like the 8 year bonds. And of course, uh, when you go to the longer-dated bonds, like 15 years, then the yield is significantly higher. So the point being that the 10-year yield is kept artificially low by the Bank of Japan. And once that stops, uh, we expect uh, the 10-year yield to rise to around 1%. Now, what that means for the economy, uh, I think the most immediate the most immediate consequence would be a stronger yen. And I think that is exactly what the government wants, because uh, despite inflation coming down thanks to its energy subsidies, it seems to want inflation to come down even faster, because uh, probably is feeling a bit of the pressure from the electorate in terms of their approval ratings. Not doing very well so far. And um, so I think that's quite clear from the fact that uh, Prime Minister Kishida is still calling for for Cabinet to come up with new inflation countermeasures that I think will be announced uh, sometime this week. That, that was the pledge two weeks ago, that they would come up with new measures in two weeks' time. So... Uh, I think that's that's basically the, the main the main issue
0: here. Right, so the yen picks up, it makes energy cheaper, which the Japanese public is going to like, but uh, how yep. about, what does that mean for Japanese exports, though? I mean, I see you, you guys have picked that you're expecting export volumes to maybe pick up uh, later in the year, but, I mean, if, if the yen starts to trend upwards, could that uh, stall out uh, an improvement in the export numbers? Well,
1: two points to make on that. Uh, I think the first important point is that actually... At the higher value-added uh, levels of the supply chain which uh, Japan has listed that, uh, the strength of the currency actually has uh, a lot less impact on export volumes. And uh, research from the Bank of Japan actually bears this out on this. The second point is that, uh, that's the second half of the story that you just mentioned that we expect uh, export volumes to rise in the second half. Uh, Partly also because we expect them to drop quite badly in the first half and all signs are pointing to that happening already so we had a huge drop in export volumes in both December and January and the export uh, climate index points to further losses ahead mm. so very likely we're going to see a dismal uh, first half of the year for export volumes and the second half is basically just to rebound. Uh, from that, So it's not quite as strong
0: uh, as it seems. Uh, right. And, and why are exports doing so poorly? I mean, in normal times, it might be because customers weren't buying. But I mean, of late, you've seen a lot of companies uh, and, and whole sectors having problems with exports because they had supply chain issues. They had the, they had the orders. They just couldn't fulfill them. Wh- which is it in Japan?
1: Sup- I think uh, for a time, it was supply issues. But I think that has mostly dissipated. The main problem now is actually demand. Mm -hmm. So uh, if we look at the investment intentions in Japan's uh, main trading partners, and that's important because uh, most of Japan's exports are actually capital goods. So if you look at uh, the investment intentions in other economies, such as South Korea, Taiwan, uh, other Asian industrial economies, um, they're basically uh, having a huge investment downturn. And and that actually shows up in uh, Japan's export data. The key sector uh, leading the exports downside is actually capital goods, so I think that fits with the narrative.
0: Mm. And uh, you know, I'm looking at uh, you know right now where we're, you know a lot of the talk is about uh, what's happening with the Silicon Valley Bank, and uh, where where is the exposure in the Japanese market to this? I mean, SoftBank. Uh, apparently didn't really have anything on deposit with them, and yet it just took an, uh, uh, a beating yesterday. Perhaps on uh, you know its broader exposure and investment in the tech sector. But I mean, where where is Japan exposed to this banking problem in the United States?
1: Well, I'm not aware of any specific exposure uh, of the Japanese economy or the Japanese banking sector to to the Silicon Valley Bank. I would say the main issue that we're looking at. Uh, from the perspective of japan now is what it does to uh, the fed's uh, interest rate decisions over the next uh, coming months insofar as it gives the fed some pause in terms of uh, continuing with say 50 basis point hikes over the next uh, few months uh, that could relieve some pressure on the bank of japan because uh, of course treasury yields uh, influence japanese government bond use quite a bit and if they were to keep rising at 50 basis point, uh, point hikes, basically, uh, that would lead to a lot more pressure on new curve control and uh, strengthen the case for that to be dropped. So insofar as the, the Fed takes a step back saying, OK, now we have to be mindful of uh, the financial risks that Fartreed's heightening can actually result in, and maybe they start slowing down the pace of hikes to maybe 25 basis points, or maybe even stop uh, hiking altogether. Um, then, presumably, uh, the Bank of Japan could hold on to YCC control uh, f- somewhat a bit longer. Uh, so that's a risk that we are looking at now, given our call for YCC control to end soon. So we have to admit that the case we're doing so seems to be weaker now, but it still is, I think, a strong enough case to make. Uh, inflation is still a problem to the government. And the Bank of Japan still maintains a very stifling presence in the local bond market. They own more than 54% of uh, all outstanding Japanese government bonds. And bond traders in the country are basically complaining that there's no liquidity to do uh, anything with. Mm. So uh, those are, I think, very convincing reasons for the Bank of Japan to drop uh, yield control.
0: All right. Well, you guys made the call early, so we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, when that moment happens, maybe we'll have to have you back on the show. We enjoyed having you today. Certainly, uh, a real economist, economist. That's Darren Tay, the Japan economist at Capital Economics.